We love doing this podcast, Smarties. It allows us to grow as clinicians, but also allows us to share some amazing strategies that we know can impact more learners. Today, we're sharing one of our favorite strategies, using questions to direct learning. Lots of the learners we work with avoid reading and writing, and we've explored this in depth in earlier episodes, like episode 20, The Perfect Storm, Writing and Executive Functioning, or episode 12, My Kid Isn't Reading. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those podcast episodes yet, we've linked them in our show notes. But please know, you can also explore why reading and writing is so challenging for some learners in our executive functioning, writing, and reading series. You can see all those episodes by going to our website, learnsmarterpodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our email list so you can get behind-the-scenes scoop, freebies, and more on our weekly email. We wanted to let you know we started a Patreon for Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. Patreon is a website that allows you, our smarty audience, to support this podcast and the work that we do. We would be honored if you would donate $5 a month to become part of that community. It's a really easy and simple way to support our mission and the work that we're doing. And as a thank you, we'll post extra content, interviews, and cool behind the scenes extras that we don't share anywhere else. The link is www.patreon.com slash learnsmarterpodcast, and we've linked it in the show notes. Now, let's talk more about how using questions can transform reading and writing. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 102 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. Steph, we're at 102 episodes. Yay. If you've been listening for 102 episodes, we thank you. And if you're new here, just allow us to feel good about the fact that we got that many episodes out. Mm -hmm. I am doing (laughs) the mental math, though, of what it's cost us. (laughs) to get this many episodes out, but we're really proud of this podcast. So I just wanted to take a minute. Yeah. Until we can have a spa day to celebrate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're celebrating virtually. We're going to celebrate virtually probably for the next several episodes. As we're sitting here, rose petals are literally falling off the flowers that I have here right now. I realized we have a rose bush, so I clipped some of them, and we have these beautiful blooms. Literally, I hate when people say it like that. Literally, the past few days, as I'm sitting here, flowers are just falling. In action. <laughs> I just turned the computer around to show her the petals that are literally falling off in real time. It's all right. I think there's a couple more blooms outside that I can bring in. So I like it. I want to space out the projects right now. So I'll probably throw these out today and clip more tomorrow because you can't Mm -hmm. do everything in one day. Otherwise, you'll have nothing to do the next day. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Steph, have you been? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Smarties. This is Rachel here. I'm just popping in to remind you that if you are a fan of the work that we do here and the mission of this podcast, which is to expand awareness and access of and to educational therapy, we would be honored if you would consider a small monthly donation of $5 a month. Of course, you can do more if you feel so inclined, but it would really help us out to continue to bring high quality 
content and episodes to you. And we have even more cool things up our sleeves. And so we would really appreciate it. No pressure, Smarties. We love doing this podcast, but we have heard from you and so many of you have asked how you can help. And this is a really easy way to help. And as a thank you, we will be posting extra content, extra conversations, extra interviews only on that platform. So again, the website is www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Now back to the episode. Shall we get into it? Yeah, how questions can transform reading and writing. So we've talked in several episodes about how to use questions in writing episodes. We've talked about how to turn prompts into questions so that it becomes answerable. It also provides a structure for writing and for note-taking. We've talked in reading about how figuring out what questions you're going to answer prior to reading helps learners who struggle with reading comprehension. And so we just wanted to kind of loop back to the strategy, talk about it a little more in depth because it is particularly helpful to a lot of the students I'm working with right now. And I know you are working with right now too. So, you know, whenever there's something thematic emerging from our sessions, we like to do an episode about it because it can impact more people potentially. With this distance learning right now, there's not as much scaffolding from the teachers, it's really showing up for a lot of kids. Yeah. The discrepancies in what learners are getting, school to school, teacher to teacher, is quite dramatic. Yeah. And I'm trying to do writing in every session with almost every single kid. Me too. Just to keep the momentum going as much as we can right now. Right. And if that's, you know, writing a blog or that's answering a prompt or, you know, something, just to keep the muscle from atrophying too much. And then we also don't want to freak people out because we firmly believe that everybody is going to be behind pretty much at the same rate as their peers. Yeah. Everybody will be behind in teachers. When school comes back into session, teachers will not have the same expectations that they did the previous year of their learners. So there's going to be a rebuilding period. You know, after the Civil War, there was reconstruction. I don't know what we should call it after the COVID-19 pandemic, but... (laughs) There's going to be some period of rebuilding and businesses will reopen and it'll be interesting to watch how things unfold. And if you're on our email list, we're telling you every week that we hope you all are staying healthy and sane during this period of time. So if you're not on our email list, we hope the same for you too. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing to remember about this is questions guide learners to focus. And I know... We talked about this in episode 12. Okay. About reading. Okay. And I remember I was talking about the cover of a book uh-huh. and I was showing it to my client and we were talking about what the story was going to be about because he didn't know what the title had anything to do with. Uh-huh. So for a little guy, they're using the pictures in their books or graphic novels as these questions. You can guide learners by simply saying, what do you think we're about to read about? Mm -hmm. What gives you that idea? And then, okay, let's keep those questions in mind or let's write those questions down. And we're going to check back after we've read a couple pages to see if we were on the right track. And then we're going to see if we need to shift the questions on top of that. Yeah. So it's very evolving. It totally requires interaction with little dudes. Yeah. But with the older students, this can be particularly impactful 
with history. Oftentimes history books have questions at the end of the chapter. They've done that work for you. Mm -hmm. And so reading those questions prior to reading the text is really powerful for learners because now you're reading for information, not just reading passively for pleasure. It's so true. Yeah, social studies for, for, pleasure. for pleasure. Hey, I like history books. I would read it for pleasure, but <laughs> it's not everybody's cup of tea. Fair. So this brings us to our next point, which is searching for answers is so much more active than reading for understanding. So I'm going to say it again. Searching for answers is much more active than reading for understanding. In episodes 17 and 18, we talk about knowing what you're reading for. We are advocates of learners in middle school and high school knowing what the books that they're reading are about. Yeah. Go ahead and look up a character list. Go ahead and know what chapters are about. And it's not to say they're not reading those chapters. It's when they know what they're reading for. It's much more successful process, less laborious process less demanding process on kids who are already reluctant readers. Not everybody needs to do this. If your learner loves to read, this isn't a strategy I would necessarily have them use. They don't need to, right? Yeah. It doesn't hurt though. It definitely doesn't hurt. But also it's one of those things where I've heard parents say, oh, I have so many books for my kid, for little guys especially, Uh and they don't pick them up and start reading them. They're not interested. Uh My suggestion for that is, Start reading it to them Mm -hmm. and see if they get into it. They probably will. Shall I share a story of what Adam and I are doing right now? Oh, yeah. I know what you're doing. We are reading out loud Harry Potter to each other. I am a huge Harry Potter fan. Been on the Harry Potter tour in Leavesden in London. The tour is awesome, guys. You can see you walk in and you're in line and you see the cupboard under the stairs. It's awesome. Anyway. Adam read the first book when he came out. He felt like it was for little kids. He was already a teenager at that point, I think. And so our nieces are reading the books right now, and he wants to be able to talk to them about it. And so he said, why don't we read Harry Potter together? We're almost done with the first book. He said to me last night how much he is enjoying it. He's like, these books are really good. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why the world rallied around it. I actually feel jealous of him that he gets to read Harry Potter for the first time. Mm. There's nothing like reading something fantastic for the first time. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to not engage with him when he wants to talk about things about the book because I'm scared I'm going to ruin something. Yeah, especially because you don't remember what happens in which book necessarily. Right. You know, what order. Exactly. But it is interesting to read it with a different mindset now. I don't think I've reread them since I've read the final book. Mm-hmm. Maybe bits and pieces over the years. Me too. But, you know, we know certain things about certain characters. Don't give it away. Yeah. So it's interesting to read the book from the perspective of trusting certain characters that you didn't trust before. Yep. And also knowing the end game, right? It's the same thing with the social studies book, right? It gives you the end game. Truthfully, it's a little bit painful because you're seeing characters that don't survive throughout the whole story. And so it's a little bit painful as well. But absolutely, I'm reading it knowing the end. Yep. And it's a different experience than Adam is having right now. So It's so true. I'll keep you guys up to date on a Harry Potter. (laughs) I will tell you that chapters are much longer than you think when you're reading out loud. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a nice activity, but we don't always make it to each of us reading a chapter because one of us falls asleep. Mm. So um, that's how you know we're in our 30s now. (laughs) That's our activity. Nice. 
So back to that. So simple questions can also yield great results. Okay. And so we've talked about this before. These are questions that don't have to be complicated. They can be the W questions, the who, what, where, when, Mm -hmm. sometimes the why, sometimes the how. It just depends. I've also shared at the end of chapters, I have my clients do a post-it and I ask them questions like, what happened? And they know the questions in advance. Gradually make them harder and it might be interesting moment. How does it connect to you? Do you have an example? Exactly. Prediction, things like that. I start with some kids don't have to write complete sentences because that's not where we're at. Some kids can draw pictures. Some kids have to write a paragraph. So yep, this is a reminder to meet your learner where they're at. We want to use questions to encourage learners to make connections to the material. The more that they connect it to their real life or prior knowledge, information that they've learned before. Math is a great example because math is 100% dependent on you mastering a skill and getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. And kids love being able to go back and go over the skills that they've mastered. They don't even think about it anymore. Right. And so you want to create those simple scaffolds in reading as well. And that might be just, can you think of a time where you saw a mailbox on the side of the street? Or do you know where the closest mailbox is? Like, you know, those kinds of things. They're not huge questions, but it'll help them create pictures in their mind and then connect the material. Yes. We're big fans of visualizing through the words. And if a character isn't described, go ahead and describe them. What do they look like in your imagination? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what it looks like in my imagination after. Yeah. So we want to be encouraging those pictures in our learners' minds because that also helps them retain the information. And we don't want to just talk about questions when it comes to reading. It's a really powerful tool with writing as well. Yeah, because at the end, they're probably going to have to write something, right? Every single time. Always. You read something, you write something. You read something, you write something. So if you are going in knowing in advance that these kinds of things are what you need to be looking for or thinking about, it makes it so much easier when they actually have to sit down and do it. It's a really interesting process I'm going through. I recently started working with a couple of kids who are missing a lot of assignments, which we talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And we have an episode, Steph will write it down now, the one thing we wish learners wouldn't do, which is have late work. Spoiler alert. But if you haven't listened to that episode, we'll link it because we go into details about how we think about late work. But I was going through one of my clients' late assignment the assignments that were missing and teachers were being flexible and letting her turn things in late. And she was like, Rachel, I have this assignment. I just have to turn it in because we talked about not being perfect on assignments that are late. And so I followed up with her yesterday. I'm like, okay, what's going on with these three things? We have notes here that says you're turning them in. And she's like, you know what? I went into them. I looked at them. I got completely overwhelmed. They are not ready to be submitted. Mm. She's like, you told me 70%. They're not at 70%, Rachel. And I said, okay, no problem. Let's go into it. And she was right. It was just a page full of notes, no structure. And she goes, I don't even know the questions I'm answering for these two paragraphs. She said, it's me because we've been working on this. And I said, well, let's go back to the prompt. And from the prompt, we were able to figure out what the two questions she needed to answer in these two particular paragraphs were. And then she was able to take all her notes and copy and paste them into the appropriate paragraph section. 
And she was able to say, okay, this is not meaningful right now. And it wasn't even a complete thought. So I just let her delete it. Almost as a rule, I don't let learners delete anything that they've written because we may use it later. You just never know. Mm -hmm. But just giving those questions and figuring out what the questions that she needed to answer were transformed her whole writing and was going to allow her to actually start forming paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to loop back with her next week, but she's awesome because as long as she feels like she can handle it, I know she's going to go back and work on that over the weekend and there will be progress. Yeah. My other student, on the other hand, he needs increased accountability. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have both of them on the podcast at some point. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the little dudes, but for the older students, mm-hmm. those questions not only guide the reading, but it guides research for writing. That's what I was trying to say with my whole anecdote. Yes. In episode 66, we talk about strategies for the writing process and we talk about interpreting prompts and what they're really asking, right? So that's what Rachel was just saying with her student about how she didn't even know what question she was answering and that's why she couldn't get to an answer. Mm -hmm. So when you know what you're looking for, it's much easier to find an answer, right? Absolutely. You know, have you ever gone on Amazon and you wanted something, but you don't know what it's called? That's when I text you. (laughs) Exactly. But like when you know what it's called or you know sort of what it's called, you can get to it, right? So it's the same thing. So reminding students that when we are doing a brain dump and we're putting the writing having to go with the reading and we're putting the questions that we're answering or the things that we know, it'll help them get through the next part of answering the question. I don't know why this sparked a memory. I've had a couple of learners recently ask me, how much of what you're teaching me did you do as a student? Oh, interesting. And it is an interesting question because it's actually difficult for me to remember, but I know certain things like turning prompts into questions that I can answer was a strategy I used in college Mm -hmm. or for sure having a Google Calendar. My brother has taught me a couple things. First is Google Calendar and the second is how to budget. But it's an interesting thing because even before we were recording stuff, you were like the difference between us now and the difference between us 100 episodes or the difference between starting as a therapist versus starting the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to kind of reflect back. We're like fine wine stuff. We've gotten better. It reminds me that I'm older than you because Google Calendar didn't exist when I was in school. So Bless your heart. Thanks for that. (laughs) Guys, we have a big birthday coming up for Steph. Okay. Big birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. So the whole point of this episode is we really want to encourage you to help the learners in your life think about what they're doing in advance of doing the hard thing. Mm -hmm. So if reading is the hard thing, talking about it, you getting them started, figuring out what questions they're going to read for, figuring out what information they already know going into the text is really powerful. If they avoid writing, creating these questions gives them an entryway into the work that they feel is harder for them. And it's the work that learners avoid. Yeah. And remember, don't let perfection stand in the way of progress. Always. When we are working with kids on things and they're a little perfectionistic, I always remind them that most teachers are looking for 80% mastery of a subject before they feel like they can move on. 
So 80% of the class has to understand 80% of it, Mm -hmm. which means some of the class understands 70% and some of the class understands 90. Mm -hmm. So you have wiggle room of 70 to 90%. Yeah. It's okay to be in the 75%. Exactly. Hi, Smarties. This is Steph popping in to tell you about the new virtual small groups forming right now at My Ed Therapist. We are offering groups with no more than four to six students as an affordable way to support you and your student during distance learning. We have groups forming for ages kindergarten through high school in reading, writing, math, and executive functioning. We are also offering parent coaching to help you through this challenging time since you became your child's teacher overnight. Groups will be based on grade and ability levels. If you are interested in registering, you can go to myedtherapist.com for more information. Classes are starting this week, so we hope to see you there. Also, Smarties, we just want to thank those of you who have signed up for our Patreon. Patreon is a $5 monthly subscription that gives you access to bonus content. It really helps support us doing this podcast. We have some great interviews coming up that have some exclusive content, and we look forward to sharing that with our Patreon members. Please go to patreon.com slash learnsmarterpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Learn Smarter Podcast to join. It really means a lot to us. All right, Smarties, we hope you're safe. We hope you and your families are healthy and we're here for you if we can be a support to you in any way. Yeah, reach out to us on all the things. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.